You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hey everyone, it's Pacific. And thank you so much for joining us for Episode 5 of Margaret's Garden. Just a few quick things I want to mention before I let you get into this week's episode. First, if you hate ads and you love merchandise, consider joining us at midnightdisease.net slash join. And there, for only $5 a month, you can get early and ad-free access to all Midnight Disease shows like Margaret's Garden, Out of Place, The Theater of Tomorrow, The Hotel, and much, much more. Second, if you're a fan of Margaret's Garden, be sure to check out our sister show, SCP Archives, which returns for Season 3 on March 9th. I don't want to keep you waiting any longer, so without further ado, this week's episode. I think this works right. Huh. Does it? Well, I can't keep this up much longer. They're heavy. Whatever. You don't like my Pasha sling, do you? I'd like it more if it wasn't made out of my $500 Ann Taylor blazer. This is a two-blazer sling, you know? Well, I suppose that makes it all better then. You know, this cozy island oasis of interstellar subspace happens to be situated in a fairly temperate tear in the fabric of space and time. We hardly need. It gets cold at night. Oh, Pasha. Pasha. Not now. Pasha is a head. A heavy head. <laughs> heavy is the head that wears the... Don't. Space helmet. Oh, you're hilarious. Pasha's a whole galaxy. I am. Aren't you? I don't know. <sighs> Me neither. So, uh... Harris, I swear to God, if the next words out of your mouth are, are we there yet? I'm going to take my pistol out and shoot you. No, no, of course not. Are we there yet? Well, since they're asking. Don't do it. It's his first mission. Pasha, aren't you the one with the map in the back of your mind? What happened to that? What happened to up the plane, through the triangle? It's through the plane, up the triangle. Don't you dare, Harris. My bad. So go ahead, Pasha. Masterful mind mapper. You tell me, are we there yet? Oh, right. We are close. We are very close. To Margaret? Oh, no, no, not Margaret. Not yet. But we are close to something very powerful. Curious that you humans cannot feel it. Perhaps because you do not contain... Enormous expanses of space and time within every atom of your being. A pity. I feel it. It's pull. Feel its pull. Its attraction. Its inexhaustible gravity. I don't like the sound of that. You think there'll be food? No, Harris. There probably won't be food. There'll probably be trouble. You hungry for trouble? I mean, yeah, you're probably right. 
Inexhaustible gravity doesn't sound good. Anything is possible, Harris. This entire mission has been a complete shit show, though. We've been making it through so far with sheer blind luck. Trust me, shit show. But we met Pasha. And Pasha was torn apart by Nashers, dismembered, decapitated. Voluntarily, I think. Right, Pasha? This is correct. Thanks, little buddy. They're a sentient collection of galaxies and infinite time shaped as a cosmonaut's head, Harris. Not a child. Remember? Didn't you tell me that? But they are little. Please, Lord. Hello again, friends. As Agents Washington and Harris, and of course, the dismembered head of Pasha, top the next rise of hill, they see an expansive monastery complex in the distance. The monastery and its grounds blend seamlessly into the surrounding greenery. Eerily so. Some sections of the ancient stone structure appear to stretch far into the overgrown forest, an invasion of stone and artifice slowly advancing into the verdant abyss beyond. The forest, too, seems to be clawing its way back toward the monastery. Ferns, vines, and moss desperately clinging to every man-made structure close at hand. Washington, is it abandoned? Hardly. Look closely, Harris. Someone definitely lives here. It's overgrown, true enough, but you smell that, right? Is that... incense? Yup. Pasha, what is this place? I do not... Those memories remained in the other Pasha. In the collapsed Pasha. I cannot recall this place. But I know that I've been here. Know that some great force lies dormant beyond those walls. Of that, there is no doubt. A hostile force? Huh. I do not know, Agent Washington. Harris, eyes on. Cover left. I've got our right. Harris has had his ups and downs, hasn't he, folks? But every dog has his day. And today, Harris is that lucky dog. Hey. You see him? Negative. What do you got? Three o'clock. Just passing the gate. Tiny little fucker. Affirmative. I've got him now. Hands on the hip. Copy that. I've left my hips. Washington, I got this one covered, Pasha. Just hang tight. Oh, I do not know if I know how to hang tight. Just try not to attract any attention. This may be one of Conway's tricks or treats. I don't like Conway. That's neither, Pasha. Easy now. Coming closer now, the trio is finally able to make out the approaching shadow. She is a short but solidly built toad-like creature, dressed in flowing, rich red and gold robes. Hello, pilgrims. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Temple of the Well. My name is Cobalt. I'm the abbot of this monastery and the keeper of the temple grounds, and am so very delighted to see you. It has been so many rounds since... <laughs> I can't say how many. Please, please, come in. How may we serve you? Do you hunger? Or thirst? Perhaps you will rest. Thank you, that's a very generous offer, but... Did you say hunger? Harris! What? I've had, like, three curly fries in the last 24 hours, and you? You didn't even eat those. How are you still standing? Hunger, Washington? Hunger. Fine. We'd like to humbly accept your invitation. Excellent, excellent. Please follow me, pilgrims. We are so honored. 
Thank you. We're honored, too. Trust me about that. And did you say something about thirst? Are you talking about beers, Cobalt? Are you guys like Belgian monks? Hmm. I'm not familiar with Belgian monks. But we have many fine brewed beverages, if you take my meaning. We abide in the many human traditions, abide in their original doctrine as they were handed down to us. Oh my god. I can't even tell you how much that means to us right now. Right, Washington? Right. Delighted. It is our pleasure, of course. Have you two been traveling long? Have you come from Everton? How has... It has been so very long since we've seen your kind this far beyond the dome. How is it that you've come this far into the outer world? Um, yes, well, we're, uh, we've been moved to revisit our faith as of late. To explore the holy sites, take the vows. You know, right, Harris? Yeah, that's right. Rekindling the flames. Ah, I see. And, you know, under the dome is great and all, but we wanted to visit this site especially. The, uh... Temple of the Well. Oh, yes, well, I can certainly understand that. This temple is doing mighty works for the lords. The lords, yes, naturally. What precisely does that entail again? We're both a little rusty on our scripture. We'd love to hear about the mighty works. Of course, of course, no worries. We are here to share the good news, after all. I'd be honored to tell you about the temple and our mission here, Please, follow me. We will pass through Monument's Garden on the way to the dining hall. I will share with you a little bit about the origin of the temple before we break bread. That'd be wonderful. After you. Yes, wonderful indeed. Let's see, where to begin? The Temple of the Well was first founded after the great congregation of the Creases, Cadillacs, and Crosses. You know all about that, of course. Our people had finally been born into the light of materiality after the long darkness of incorporeality. So wait, you were happy when, um, when Everton arrived? Oh yes, of course. This monastery, which we built after the founding of the temple, became the home to many local locals who wanted to learn more about the new Eternals. To learn more about your rounding of the clocks and the holiness of the corporeal flesh to worship the great and mighty way of the human and the lords. The great and mighty way of the human and the lords? Naturally. The lords Everton, of course. Here we are now. Monuments Garden. Behold a graven testament to the greatness of our lords. Whoa. Retro. Retro indeed, Harris. Two imposing figures, cast in glinting bronze, stand, looking triumphantly out beyond the cloistered monastery and into the distant horizon of the outworld. The figure closest to our group is rendered with a hand held above his eyes, his effect eager and determined, his gaze cast upon the uncharted new land before him. Behind him, the second Lord of Everton bears the look of consideration and inexhaustible determination. His gaze is not cast upon the new world, but rather upon his brother. These are the Evertons? Of course. Not them, exactly. A piece of them, as you humans say. 
a monument to their growing achievement, to their mighty work, their arrival in the promised land. Oh boy. So, you worship them? Worship them? Oh no, of course not. That is forbidden, as you know. We do follow the great doctrine that the Lord's brought with them, though. The great doctrine, huh? And what exactly is the great doctrine? You don't know? How is this... We know it, Sister Cobalt. We just, uh... We're just approaching this as babes in the wool. You catch my meaning, right? We're coming in complete novices. Oh, I see. Excellent. An excellent way to learn about the scripture and the way. Well, the great doctrine taught us a great many things about the new Eternals and their homeworld. It taught us about the passage of time and the linear constraints of matter in space. It taught us about the growth and decay of living things. About the inevitable entropy of all things. So you spend all your time here thinking about death? Thinking about death? No, not exactly thinking about it. But we do reconcile with death. We contemplate its mysteries and... Through transcendental meditation, we begin accepting its inevitability and learn how to attain what the Lords call heaven. Although they say that heaven is for humans, which makes perfect sense. If you're interested, I'd be more than glad to guide you through a session. That's quite all right. (laughs) Can I know more? Oh, you have a companion. An outworld eternal? Oh, yes, they're... Just ahead. You poor creature. This isn't your full form, is it? It is not. I contain multitudes, or did, rather. I see. That is most unfortunate. I'm afraid that our little congregation will have little to offer you in the way of help, my heady friend, but perhaps some rest. Pasha. Pasha. A lovely name. And how is it that you've come to accompany our friends here? Have you... So, are you the head honcho here, Cobalt? Sorry to interrupt, but I think maybe we need to talk to... You know. Oh, no. I mean, I am the abbot. So I am the highest functionary of the monastery. But the Temple of the Well is headed by... You'll want to speak to the priestess. This priestess got a name? Of course she does. It's Damocles, but out of respect, she's referred to by her honorific only. Unfortunate name. Is it? Tell you later. May we speak with Damocles? Or rather, Priestess Damocles? I'm afraid that will be quite impossible. The Priestess is currently preparing for a very important ceremony this evening. A critical purification ritual, I'm afraid. But I've no doubt that she would be honored by your company after the next rounding of the clock. In the meantime, you are of course welcome to stay with us after we've had our fellowship. We have ample accommodations for weary travelers. Like I said, it's been a long while since we've hosted pilgrims to the site. Thoughts, Harris? Three hots in a cot? I'm all in! Ah, yes. Three hots in a cot. I'm familiar with this human term. Yes. But I think that you will find our lodging much more inviting than cots and hots. For now, though, let us dine. Please, follow me. Before a ship sets sail, 
a destination must be plotted, and a course must be set. Christopher Columbus once foolishly believed that his proverbial sails had been rightly tacked, and his little fleet was set in due course for the mysterious and exotic lands of the Orient. Of course, as any schoolboy or girl knows, Columbus didn't actually reach the Orient. He didn't even come close. But he did manage, despite all of his bumbling, to discover a new world. Columbus didn't actually know that he discovered a new world. He was rather convinced of his own success in finding those exotic shores, so much so that he even referred to those lovely, verdant islands as the East Indies and their inhabitants as Indians. Which, let's face it, led to all sorts of confusion later on down the road. But that's another story for another time. The point is, he got lucky. The Everton brothers also had a ship, not that they knew it, but before their ship had even been built, they were fortunate enough to catch a glimpse of the new world that awaited them, just beyond their own distant horizon. I guess I just don't understand. What don't you understand? Where the book came from. Ernie, we've been over this. Right, right, I know. But I just don't get it. You were... When I was over... Over there. Yes, I know, I know, but who gave it to you? An old man, Ernie. Or, I think he was an old man. He was burned. He looked like he'd been waiting for me. Right. An old, burned-up, bloody man comes walking up to you while you're in the middle of this crumbling town. A town that wasn't on any map. It wasn't crumbling. It was ravaged, decimated. That town, that old man, had been visited by an evil beyond anything that you or I can even imagine. And then the town vanishes or melts or whatever. You said the town melted after this old man gives you the book, right? Yeah, that's what happened. I know it's hard to believe. I don't know what else to say, though. That's what happened. Right. And so now you've got this book. It's so much more than a book. You felt it. You've seen. You know what it's capable of. Right, right, I know. I guess I'm just doubting what I saw. A crisis of faith, maybe. Ooh. We all know what happens when doubt rears its ugly head, don't we? The universe brings on the smackdown. And when the universe brings the smackdown, it's heavy. In this case, the smackdown wasn't even taking place on the Everton Brothers' plane of existence. Not really. Unless we're calling a small tear that rips through the fabric of space and time, warping the reality in the center of Everton's town square as occurring in this plane. Which I guess you could. But not really. Either or anyway. Do you hear that? That's the sound of the universe being torn asunder. What? Ernie, are you seeing this? What is this? This is what we get for meddling with those things in your book. Hold on a second. Do you see this, Ernie? Look here, along the edge. Yeah, I see it, Eddie. It looks like we've torn the sky. This is very, very bad. Holy Jesus, Eddie. What are we going to do? Look, it's... Through the shimmering vortex, the brothers see a tall stand of grass running along a series of gentle rises and into the soft sand of a distant beach. Rippling waves gently lap against the shore, ebbing and receding, drawn and released by some unseen force. It's... It's 
gorgeous. No, it's terrifying, Eddie. What are you talking about? You don't even know what we're looking at. What are we looking at? What is this? Is that here? Is that the future? What the heck is going on? Ernie, take a deep breath. Relax. You want to know why I was so obsessed with the book? Here is the answer, provided by the universe itself. What's that supposed to even mean? How do you figure any of that? Just look, Ernie. Really look. That is our promised land, Ernie. That stretch of lonely beach is a new world. It's our final destination. What are you even saying? You want to go through this thing? Well, no, obviously. This terror is much too small. But we can make a bigger one. A much bigger one. Conway- I'm hardly talking about the size of the terror, Eddie. Wait a second. This is what he's been working on? This is what the fucking Sephiroth was for? You two have been intentionally trying to pry open the pathways? From the book? Ernie, please. You're drawing attention to us. This is a good sign, can't you see that? You were just asking about the book, about the man, about the town, about the meaning of it all. This is your proof. This is the burning bush. Th can't you see that? And it's the proof of concept that Conway has been slaving away in the lab for. He's going to be over the moon. We should be celebrating. Our moment has finally arrived. This day will live in infamy. I think I'm going to be sick. Don't be like that. Like what? Like your old self. I thought the whole point of this town was for you to make your mark. Make my mark? How do you figure? I'm here for you. I wanted the new start, sure, but this is all... Well, it's a bit much, isn't it? A bit much? <laughs> Ernie, my boy. We've only just begun. Hey everyone, it's Pacific again, here with a quick ad break. And as a quick reminder, if you hate ads and you'd prefer to go without them, you can get early and ad-free versions of all of our episodes at midnightdisease.net slash join. And now, a word from our sponsors. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. All right, thanks for listening. And now, back to the show. Back at the monastery, things are going pretty good for Agents Washington and Harris. They've been fed bathed, even decked out in penitent robes while their laundry is hanging on the line. The strange and shadowless night has come upon the outworld, and the sky is filled with the distant lights of a million glowing orbs. Now what? What do you mean, now what? You wanted to eat, drink, and be merry. Here's your shot. What's the problem? I don't know. You're right. I just... I just feel like... 
What, you want to stretch your legs or something? Seriously? I'm not stopping you. Right, I know. That should be alright, right? There's very little chance that I'll be murdered by Nashers or Tithers or... or the Gardenac, right? Silly fears, right? Oh boy, you'll be fine, Harris. I've suddenly got a very good vibe about this place. Uh, you want to come with? Good vibes and all? Nope, definitely not. I'm going to lie here, drink this remarkably tasty wine, wannabe, and try to get some sleep. Pasha? Asleep, I think. Or something like it. All the stars in their galaxy have winked out. Stranger things. But leave them be. I don't feel like having a weird conversation about the multiverse right now. I just want to relax. Right. Okay, then. Little solo trip. And don't be gone long, okay? I don't want to have to come find you. Sure thing, boss. Seriously, if I have to get up, I'm not going to be happy. And if I'm not happy, you're not happy. You catching my drift? Copy drift. With that... Harris leaves Washington to lounge and makes his way through the monastery grounds and into the temple proper. The temple is both alien and strangely familiar. Harris, in particular, is struck by the stark architecture of this holy place, struck by the clear and distinct influence that the distant Earth and its religious traditions has on this completely alien world. The temple halls stretch unseen into a forbidding darkness, the ceilings are high and lit by torches placed at long intervals along the way, and the light from the outworld orbs floods in through the open windows. Agent Harris had felt fairly calm and collected up to this point, but now, alone with his thoughts for the first time in two long days, the repressed emotions start to weigh heavy on his mind. Maybe it's the darkness of the coming evening, or the silence of the monastery grounds. He's not quite sure what it is but suddenly he feels very afraid, very small and vulnerable. There'd been so many narrow escapes, so much needless destruction by the Evertons, the violence of their presence here. The fear clinches at Harris's chest, and he begins to hyperventilate just a bit. So he heads over to a low window along the corridor. He's hoping that a nice view of the orb light cascading down onto the adjacent forest or the cool night's air will release the tightening anxiety growing in his chest. The forest is indeed lovely in the orb light, painted almost in the soft blue light, the shadows of purple black. In the distance, Harris hears two voices slowly approaching. He's just barely able to make out their conversation. Over 50,000 turns of the clock. No, has it been so many? It has. This must certainly be a sign. The fulfilling of the prophecy. Indeed. A sign. And the prophecy. It's been far too long to know with any certainty. They've requested an audience with the priestess, you know. Could she be in danger? Impossible. The priestess' will is supreme. She cannot be harmed. Not by mere mortals. Brother Twig tried. Former Brother Tweak, and look what he is now. So you heard. The same as you, that Brother Tweak had an audience with Her Holiness just after Orb Rise. Her personal attendant had left them in peace, prepared to serve them the sacred brew, when without warning, 
there arose a great tempest in Her Holiness's personal chamber. When Her Holiness's personal guards arrived, they found Brother Twig grasping Domocles' blade. He touched the blade? So it was said. It's a miracle that he still draws breath. He might not be after tonight's ceremony. Surely the priestess wouldn't send one of us. As what? A heretic? Such things cannot be known. Only Her Holiness knows the fate of the Order. A true saying, Brother Skipper. True indeed. But perhaps a show of mercy? Her Holiness rarely exhibits mercy. You speak truth too, Sister Yu. Great truth. Oh! Jesus! Cobalt! You scared the shit out of me! Ah, uh, please forgive me, Mr. Harris. I was just passing by. Is everything alright? Of course! I was just getting some air. You look bothered. Discomforted. Perhaps something you ate? No, I'm just... Anxious? Extremely. I understand. Of course. It's always been somewhat of a mystery to me. Your kind. Even with all your mastery and power, you are still susceptible to anxiety and self-deception. I've always found the dichotomy quite fascinating. I'm sure that once you and Washington return to your pilgrimage, though, you'll be fine. Especially once you reach the high, pure air of the outworld range. How long did your partner say you two had been away from Everton again? I I don't recall. Everton? Oh, yeah, it's been a while. Feels like about a million years. I see. Well, that must be very trying for you. And I'm sorry, Mr. Harris, but perhaps you'd be more comfortable back in your... What's going on here, Cobalt? What do you mean? We both know I overheard your buddies out there talking about tonight's ceremony. What kind of ceremony is this? Some kind of sacrifice or something? Lay it on me. Ah, yes, well. As I mentioned earlier, our priestess is about to carry out a very old and sacred ceremony. And I'm afraid that it is very important that you are in your accommodations for the night. Please, if you'll follow me, I'll take you back to your... I don't understand. It isn't for your kind to understand, Mr. Harris. This has nothing to do with our earlier discussions about the history of the monastery. This is about our mission. The Evertons have given our monastery very special power and very detailed instructions. What kind of power? I've no doubt that you already know. Only one thing powers the outworld. Right. I know it all right. And, uh, what kind of instruction? The instruction is simple. We are to protect you. Who? Washington and I? You, Washington, all the pilgrims, yes. And why is that? How is it that one of your kind does not know? It it just is, Cobalt. But I need to know. It is the final, final destination. The Evertonians are preparing to ascend. It is our sacred duty to shepherd you all to the next life. And when you say ascend, you mean... Really, Mr. Harris, I fear your journey has left you quite out of sorts. Please let me show you to your accommodations. God damn it, Cobalt. I just want some simple answers. You're supposed to be sharing the gospel, right? Well, yes. Of course. Is there any way I could, uh... I, I don't know, sit in on tonight's ritual? That would be highly unusual. But it's not forbidden or anything, right? This is our religion, right? Well, I suppose. 
And if what you're saying is true, then maybe I won't even be here much longer. It might be my time to ascend any day now. I want to see the Holy of Holies and witness the ascension firsthand. You get that, don't you? It would be my honor to show you, Mr. Harris, of course. But we must be very quiet. The ceremony is sacred, and to disturb it would be a great evil. You do understand that, right? I'll be as quiet as a mouse. Home is more than just bricks and mortar. Home is the family, loved and loving, waiting at the door. Home is the shared memory of a life well lived. And most importantly, home is where the heart is, where love grows familiar day after day after day. On a chilly fall day in 1952, Ernie Everton returns to his loving home after a long and exhausting day. The day began with an early meeting before sunup with irate bankers looking for money that the brothers didn't have. It dragged on through the middle with contracts and inspections and a lunch for schmoozing and ended just after sunset with a late meeting with his brother Eddie. This last meeting was the real doozy. Ernie had finally been let in on Conway and Eddie's ultimate plan for Everton. So, needless to say, it's been one hell of a day. Margie? Margaret is seated in their model living room, on their model couch, her eyes fixed on the dark screen of their model television. Ernie is taken a little aback at the uncanny sight of her frozen there, her distant stare into the dark screen. Margaret? You all right, hon? Hmm? Oh, Ernie. I didn't even hear you come in. I'm sorry, dear, I must have drifted off. But Ernie suspected that maybe drifting off was just the start of it. She might have been sitting there in their living room, but she had been a million miles away. Ernie knew that, which made what he had to say next all that sweeter. Margie, I have some great news, hon. You do? What's that? Oh, kittens. I forgot to put your dinner back in the oven. It'll be ice cold. Let me... Just wait a minute. Sit back down, hon. Dinner can wait. I want to talk to you first. But your dinner, sweetheart. If you don't get your dinner, I... let, let me just put it Hun, in. it's fine. Really. Please, I have some really, really big news, and you're going to want to sit down for this. Oh. Okay, Ernie. What is it? Have Margaret, we... you're going home. Home? But isn't this... Yes, Margaret, this is our home. Or rather was. But what I mean to say is... I mean... You're heading back to your, uh... Where the grass meets the sand meets the sea. Where the grass meets the sand meets the sea. But I don't understand. How is that possible? Is it... The tear? Yes, that's right. The tear. You guessed it going home, baby. Isn't it swell? But I don't understand. I, I thought that I'd been doing so well. Have the people, the town, are they upset with me again? No, honey, of course not. This is a good thing. It is? Yes, absolutely. But Ernie, I don't want to go. 
I, I want to stay here with you. That's just it, Margaret. We're all going. Me, you, Eddie, the whole flippin' town. We're all going to where the grass meets the sand meets the sea. All. Everyone? Everyone is going. Everyone in Everton. The whole town. Oh. Well, geez Louise, what's wrong now? I thought you'd be over the moon. Don't you remember telling me all about the sand and the sea? And the grass and all that? Don't you remember? Of course. Don't you see? Now you can show me. Just you and me, babe. We'll get all settled into New Everton or whatever the heck Eddie's calling it. And then we'll set out on our own. Exploring your home, just like we talked about. Just like the old days. Old days? Sure. Like back when we first met. The way we wandered around the town, just kind of feeling our way. I showed you every square inch of Everton. It was like seeing it for the first time all over again for me. And the necklace. Yeah. Before all that. Before all the drama and the pressure to fit in for you. And to make a million things happen for me. That... That sounds lovely, Ernie. Doesn't it? Oh, Margaret, I can't wait. Yes. The waiting will be very hard this time. But yes, I can't wait either. When will we go? Soon, my dear. Soon. I promise you that. You'll barely notice the turning of the clocks. And now, friends, let's check in on Cobalt and Harris. They've crept into the ceremony chamber. It is an enormous chamber filled with dozens of brothers and sisters of the Order filling the seats that surround the center altar. The priestess, wearing a dark velvet vestment, stands over a familiar-looking silver cylinder. It's an energy well. Finally a thing you know. You've been blessed to see the sacred mechanism before, Mr. Harris. Truly blessed. When did you cast eyes upon one of these? Ah, a lifetime ago, before we came here. To our priory? To your world. Is that possible? I didn't know that such things existed there. This is most fascinating. After the ceremony, you must tell me how such a thing came to pass. Sure, came to pass. That's a funny way of putting it. Ah, here comes the gift. Watch closely, Mr. Harris. The ascension begins. A creature. Familiar. Big. Blue. Or turquoise, if you prefer. And wearing his favorite floral print t-shirt and worn fedora hat, is brought to the center of the room. Frank the Stank stands, seemingly dazed, and is brought to the cylinder. He clasps his two giant hands on either side, and looks deep into the glowing blue vortex. Blue energy begins to swirl out from the well, whipping out and arcing. Stray bolts strike Frank's arms, leaving behind a charred skin. Larger arcs begin to form, crawling up his arms, before finally a bright bolt of electricity jumps out and strikes Frank the Stank in the center of his chest. Burns rip across his body like an earthquake's shifting mantle. In mere seconds, Frank's body has become a petrified husk. Holy fuck! 
When we came here, I think... I think, I think we went through that thing. Did it? Am I dead? No, of course not. Your body traveled here with you, clearly. You are an eternal of matter. But when we ascend from this place, we are leaving our corporeal bodies behind and transmuting back into our original designs. Pasha? You're not going to try ascending Pasha, are you? Pasha? The head that is accompanying you? Of course not, Mr. Harris. We'd never harm the pet of an Evertonian. That'd be destruction of personal property. Only the tithers... Okay, wait a second. I'm thoroughly confused now. After your... When you ascend, what happens to you? Our... souls are reunited once again with the whole. But much like your own descensions, our ascensions are mysteries. Beyond our ability to know. How often do people ascend? Every full gathering of the orbs. It really is quite fortuitous that you've chosen tonight of all nights to visit our congregation. Chosen? Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Look, here comes another lamb ready for their ascension. Now being led up to the altar is another familiar face. Mish, one of the first creatures that the agents encountered outside of Shoresville. The last time Harris saw Mish, they were being tithed, and it was most unpleasant. This time doesn't look to be much better. Thief! I don't want to be here! I wasn't supposed to be collected! I told you! Please be silent during your ascent. Please. Mish refuses to grasp the well, so their hands are forced onto the cylinder. And just as before, a flurry of electricity bubbles up from the energy well and reaches out towards the creature. All right, I've seen enough. This is horrendous. But the ceremony has only just begun. There are many more supplicants. Yeah, I've seen my fill, sister. I'll be heading back. Of course. Do you now know your way? I do. I do know my way. Never thought that I would, but I do. For the first time ever. Washington is still sprawled out in her obscenely plush bed, with a still half-full glass of a nice ruby claret and covered in comfy blankets. Pasha rests next to her. Hmm, what are we thinking? Harris is dead, right? The odds are in your favor. Pasha, you're awake? Yes, Agent Washington. Pasha is awake. I've been awake for some time. I heard you making your... Human mouth music. Making my human mouth music? Do you mean singing? (laughs) And you've just been quiet this whole time? I didn't want to interrupt your singing. Well, me and Marvin Gaye sure appreciate that. (sighs) All right, I better go find him. Maybe just five more minutes. Oh, Harris, uh, you're back. Ugh, thank God. I was just about to come find you. We've got to get out of here. Now. Oh, for fuck's sake. I knew this was going to happen. What is it? What'd you see? I just watched these holy orders sacrifice Frank the Stank and Mish. Remember Mish? That little freak with Lizardo? Seriously? Yes, I remember them. Frank the Stank, too? That's too bad. I liked him. There's some seriously fucked up shit going on everywhere we go. Yes, exactly what I was thinking. What is wrong with this place? 
I know it was too good to be true here, but I did have a good hour where... Well, never mind. Let's get the hell out of here. Pasha? I can help you. Jesus Christ, Cobalt! You've got to stop sneaking up on people like that. You could have gotten murdered! Murdered? I'm glad you did not murder me. Come, pilgrims. It is time for you to depart. You know, don't you? This is wrong. What's happening here? For many rounds of the clock, we have upheld the ascension for the lords. But I have lately suspected that something foul is afoot. Your arrival tonight is quite auspicious. But it is still a leap of faith on my part. This is, after all, the only life I've ever known. So what? You've suddenly seen the error of your ways? That's awfully convenient for us, isn't it? Why should we trust you? All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory. And either way, I don't see any other options for you, Agent Washington. Uh Uh-huh. So you figured us out. Yes, we are... You're different. That's what's important. And that is why I'm helping you. Now, please, come with me. I'll show you the way out. Jesus, Harris, what the fuck happened while you were gone? I just, uh... We just... Listen carefully. Upon the path, the journey to Everton commences. But it will be impossible to reach your destination unless you meet with the fortune teller. Journey forth along this path, and into the deeper woods. There, you will find a road that shall guide you to the fortune teller. Great. More Arthurian shit. Any of that up a triangle? We're supposed to go up a triangle. And you will. Here's the way. Go now. Stay true to the path, and you will find your way. What are you going to do? I and my loyal brothers and sisters are going to finish what we started. Surely we can help. This is our battle. You've your own to wage. But thank you, Harris. You should know... It was your heart that spoke to me this evening. To see you suffering when witnessing the ascension, it caused the proverbial scales to fall from my eyes. I am forever grateful. Harris and Cobalt exchange a final look, both their fates now sealed. Harris and Washington quickly move out past the monastery's outer walls and into the darkened forest. The black, formidable darkness of the outworld night collapses in around them. Wash? Yeah? Are you drunk? Eh, mostly. Do you have any idea what just happened? Nope. Well... Tomorrow's going to be one hell of a hangover. Margaret's Garden was written by Pacific S. Obadiah and Jonathan Goldberg. Script editing done by Frankie Serrano. Our narrator is Graham Rowitz. Margaret was Jordan Cobb. Eddie was Zach Labresco. Ernie was Atticus Jackson. Washington was Risa M. Harris was Russell Moore. Pasha was Tanya Miliovic. 
Monk Cobalt was Carolyn Meeks. Monk U was Alyssa Park. Monk Skipper was Gabriel Linen. Mish was Tal Minier. Our composer is the lovely Danny Sweet. And I'm your sound designer, Pacific S. Obadiah. Our producers are Brad Miska and Tom Owen. This is a bloody disgusting show. For more information, visit margaretspodcast.com. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.